Welcome back to yet another exciting edition of the Decipio Cubs podcast. Do I sound excited? I feel I feel excited. <laughs> you sound very excited. <laughs> I, I, well, it's with a heavy heart. I have to make the announcement that um, we don't know where Kyle is. He just said he was too busy. But Mike has been suspended uh, for drug use. Not He's enough drugs. Not been using enough. And until he gets his drug usage up to an acceptable level, he will not be on the podcast. I've told yeah, him, he, he told him he, to take a good look in the mirror and get his life priorities in order. He failed his test when his alcohol or blood level of whatever came back too low. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we've had to remove him and send him off to whatever the reverse of rehab is. He's the only one on the pod who has a blood alcohol level while the rest of us have an alcohol blood level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until he can get that straightened out. So I want people to know that he is alive. He's just not. We have spoken to him. Yes. Um, but yes. So anyway, I'm Andy and this is Sam. Hello. Thank you for having me again. It's a pleasure to be Sam, here. Uh, 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 when you're not on this exciting podcast, how uh, how can people see what you're doing? Well, I'm usually the guy crying on the corner, but when I'm not that, uh, I am the editor and writer of Faxes from UncleDale.com, now a sh- Chicago sports-wide uh, blog uh, subscription service. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Fellsgate. And uh, if you want to follow just the blog on Twitter, because that's a lot less annoying... Uh, it's at Real Fans Program, and uh, that's where you can find me. Right, but you can find me apparently weekly on this lovely podcast. Yes, I'm happy, happy that uh, happy you're here. My blood, al- my alcohol blood level is of, of acceptable rate, so I can be here. Yeah, well, for two reasons: one, I, you're you're good at it, and two, I would mostly have been talking to myself this, <laughs> which you would have been doing anyway. Let's be fair. That's true. Um, just be having, uh, who, you don't know if you'd run a recorder on it. I'd be having staged arguments with myself. Mostly. And the dogs. Yeah. Oh, I do want it before we get into the baseball. I do mm-hmm. I have a mm-hmm. I have a story that I want to tell you about. Um Rockford opened its first ever Costco. Actually, I can only imagine I what that looks like. I believe like. it's technically Loves Park, Illinois, which means you're on the other side of Riverside Boulevard. If you're on the south side, you're in Rockford. If you're on the north side, you're in Loves Park. So we, uh, my wife and I went on Saturday. We didn't go the first week it was open. We're not rubes. Right, we, wait, no. we waited till the second week and we went. And she bought an ungodly amount of stuff um, in very large quantities. But well, the that's one all you can do purchase, at Costco. The one purchase she was so proud of was their dog food. Mm-hmm. We, If people don't know, we have four dogs, which is ridiculous, but we have mm-hmm. four dogs. And... She's telling me as we're driving home, she's like, it's great. It's, I've read about this dog food. It's great dog food. And we saved $40 with the amount of dog food I bought as opposed to if we bought the other brand. I'm like, all right, that sounds great. Now you have all the dogs on the same food. Yes, they're all on the same food. That's impressive. Well, yeah. Well, they might not be all on the same food anymore. So <laughs> that's Saturday. Right. On Monday night, the oldest dog, uncontrollable pooping. Well, wait a minute. Hang on. You didn't just switch the foods, did you? She mixed the food the first day. Okay. That's then, supposed to be a week-long process. I know. Then off to the new food. Okay. Um, the other three, no problem. Beasley, the oldest. Uh, lots of pooping. Okay. Uh, to the point where we got a little worried about her excessive pooping. Mm-hmm. Um, because she had a thing a couple of years ago where um, she started pooping blood. 
Mm. And we took her to the emergency vet and they said, oh, it's a good thing you got her here when you did because she's severely dehydrated and all this stuff. So we on Monday we said, well, <laughs> I'm we, sorry. I'm sorry. How does a dog get dehydrated? Well, you crap everything out of your body. Well, it's true. Okay. Fair and enough. And then you can't drink enough water to get to replace it all. Okay. So having the discussion on Monday whether or not to take Beasley to the vet and decided, yeah, we probably should. So the $40 we saved on dog food may have slightly been mitigated by the $500 uh, <laughs> vet bill. And so slightly, now, now, we have, now we have three dogs on one food and one on <laughs> another. So I have a feeling we will simply be switching back to the original food. Although we bought enough dog food for you know, six years. Perhaps you can pawn it off on someone else. Yeah. So anyway, so that was fun. Bob Beasley's fine. Um, Good to hear. She got she got an IV. She's got new food. She's back to being perfectly happy. So I'm trying to imagine my dog sitting still for an IV, and I can't do it. Oh, I'm sure Beasley didn't. They were um, <laughs> the uh, so she's a schnauzer, so she's got a beard. Right. And after I talked to the vet for a while on the phone, she called to give me the update and ran through all the tests they ran. And this is normal and this is normal and this isn't, but this, we're not alarmed by this. And we're pretty sure it's the food. So just switch the food. And, um, but they call the technician calls back a few minutes later and says, um, while busy was in the, her cage at the, at the vet, um, she threw up and said, so she's got some in her beard can we cut, can we give her a little haircut to <laughs> fix that? And I said, sure, that sounds fine with me. Um, so I go pick Beasley up and very, I, I walked in, I, it was, we were the last, they told me to come at the end of the day. So I'm, I'm the last person in there. I walk in, I say, I'm here to pick up Beasley four rooms away. She hears me very excited, mm-hmm. starts to bark. So that's nice Aww. to know they're excited that you're there. Right. They bring her out and. She's like a guy who got half his mustache shaved off. <laughs> she's got like she's got like a third of a beard on one side and two thirds on the other. That's awesome. Like in the middle. So this, like half but half in the right. middle. So this is what the tech says to me. She's like, "We're sorry about the beard. We did get all the stuff out of it." You know, because I guess it made like little dreadlocks. He said, we, right. we got all the stuff out of it, but uh, she got kind of tired of us cutting it out after a while. <laughs> I can imagine. And I said, "Yeah, this she does it." So. <laughs> so that well, was... I'm glad your dog's okay, and I appreciate your wife's attempt to save money on dog food, but uh sounds like an attempt in vain, which I think she probably knew once she decided to have four dogs. Yeah, that's a whole. That could be an entire... At some point, we'll, I'll just do a special dog edition of the podcast. It'd be way more interesting than our baseball yeah. one. To sum it up briefly... um it's what happens when you get a rescue dog. The rescue thinks, hey, you seem like nice, responsible people. Would you foster dogs for us? And right. then you don't give the fosters up. Yep. That's how, you, that's how you get four dogs. That's how you get four dogs. Yeah. Well, I'm, you are not alone. And uh, I that would be my fear with fostering dogs. I can't foster dogs at the moment because my dog uh, is an elitist <laughs> and does not like her own kind. Uh, so she cannot uh, cohabitate with another dog. Although I'd like to try it one day now that she's a little older and a little more calm, but that could go bad in a hurry, and then I just end up returning a dog. I don't want to put anyone through that. Yep. 
Anyway, speaking of dogs, I guess we're going to talk about a baseball team. Well, that was a perfect segue because I did want to talk about the Mariners. <laughs> okay, please. They're making people up. Yes, it was very much as like you've you've played MLB the show into like 2060. Right. And there's nobody like I guess like Felix Hernandez was the last name that you're like, "Oh, I know who that guy is." Obviously, we know who the great Dan Vogelbach was. I but... actually have an unrelated story about that. If you don't mind. Oh, yes, go ahead. This could be the the unrelated podcast. (laughs) So uh, there is a uh, soccer managing simulation game called Football Manager. Uh, Some of your listeners are probably familiar with it. Uh, It is the most intricate simulator game I've ever played. The the level you have to get, the depths you have to get to on this game are just insane. It takes over your life. And you're only the manager. You don't actually play the games. You are just managing the club. And my friend is, was obsessed with it, still plays it pretty often, but he had a huge phase of it, and he, he would always dominate. And for you soccer fans in there, you'll understand. He turned Racing Santander into four-time winning Champions League winning club. <laughs> uh, but he, he, would, he would do as you say. He would forward. He would play the, the career so long, he would get 10 years ahead of where we were, 15 years ahead of where we were. And I can't remember if I was in college or living in L.A. at the time, because I know I wasn't living here. But he emailed me just to tell me that he had signed a Nigerian midfielder named Sunday Monday. (laughs) And how excited he was (laughs) that he got to sign a player. At the time, we didn't realize that's kind of racist. But, uh, I mean, Sunday is a common first name in Africa. But I don't know about Monday as a last name. But the the generator had come up with Sunday Monday. And he he was so excited to welcome him to the club. So that's what the Mariners are doing. They're just they're just making people up. Yeah, my, one of my favorite moments was in the first game of the series when um, whoever the little left fielder was made just a ridiculous catch, and yep. it, it, it's when it felt like the Cubs were never going to score another run. Not, not, not going to score. No, it was off Hayward. Hayward finally made, Hayward was finally going to break his hitless streak. The Cubs were going to score, right. and this guy nobody's ever heard of makes a catch. And Len says, "Well, you know, the Mariners have three center fielders in the outfield." And like, okay, I'm going to just take your word for it. Because we don't know who any of them right. are. <laughs> I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I think I've heard of Malik Smith. Maybe. I, I knew Malik Smith. Yeah. Uh, but uh, And Fraley is one of their prospects. But he's hitting like 120 since being called up. Yeah, and, and that's he, all I knew. He looks like a... This is not a compliment. <laughs> he looks he looks like a poor's man, poor man's Ben Gamble. Yeah, that's not where you want to be. No. He needs to get. Uh, he and, needs. He needs Ben Gamel to become a poor man's kid. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise, D. Gordon was a center fielder for a minute there, right? Didn't the Marlins or someone move him out to center because he can't the, really play second? I, yeah, and I can't remember if the Marlins moved him there and then they traded him, or if the Mariners turned him into one. But he had to move back to second base when uh, Robbie Cano got busted for. Uh, PEDs for dr- right so for the for the for the drugs that Mike's not doing that's right um, Robbie has <laughs> Robbie has and if them. he didn't take them last night after the Mets blew a seven run ninth inning lead <laughs> well, God bless the Mets um yeah I it did feel a minute there that the Cubs were just never like like you know I don't. I, I keep saying this, and I, I feel like people are not going to believe me anymore. I try and stay level-headed about this, but like you know, you know when there's the season-ending moment, like you know <laughs> it when you see it. And, and people, people declare the season over in July, yep. 
they declared it over after the Phillies lost or the Pirates next night. You know, I'm like, no, this division's way too mediocre for them to ever be out of it. But, like, the first six innings against the Mariners when they couldn't score against Justice Sheffield, who, was, who has walked everyone since he came up, um, you're like, yeah, this is it. This is, this is it going over the edge. Because if they get shut out three straight times by the Brewers and then the Mariners, you're like, okay, this is probably it. Um, but thankfully, they pulled back from the edge a little bit. Um, I think they, they've made it clear now that Chris Bryant is hurt. Yeah. And it's not going to be healthy the rest of the season. So that, to me, that's a big explanation for what's going on. I feel like we've forgotten, like, like yeah, the Cubs have, like, Mike Trout light. It's Chris Bryant. That's how good he is. And uh, he hasn't been healthy in two years. So that's a big problem for the offense. But, you know, but, he got. Uh, yeah, at least they did to the Mariners. Yeah. Yes. No, I was just going to say, Bryant got. Well, Last night off, and he gets today off, and Joseph, it's like having another All-Star break. So he'll be fine starting on Thursday. Right, two days. That's all he needed. That two ma- days. magic knee injury right. only needed two days to heal. Javi's thumb will be completely healed on Thursday, too. Two days. And the Cubs will have because their entire team. For once. And I've written about this when we're talking about it, because it's not curious at all that in a season where they're using a golf ball, Chris Bryant is nowhere near his career high in home runs yeah. <laughs> or slugging percentage. That's totally normal. Um, so, but yeah, well, I mean, you shouldn't need Chris Bryant to beat the Mariners, and thankfully they didn't. Um, they didn't need Javi but, either. Uh, I, they didn't need Javi either, and you shouldn't. Um, so I guess we should just be thankful they did to the Mariners what they were supposed to. Because this entire season, they haven't really done what they were supposed to. <laughs> like, the big thing remember the big thing was in spring training, oh, well, when we win the first two games of the series this year, we've got to go for the throw. We've got to buckle in and get that sweep. You know, we didn't do that last year, even though they won 95 games. And like, that was the thing. Like, we, we our getaway days, we have to be more focused in instead of just waiting for the plane. And now they're on pace for, like, 85 wins. Yeah. So I guess that didn't work. Well, I mean, they took Theo at his word. He's two out of three wasn't going to be good enough. So they've been <laughs> winning one out of three quite a bit. They've been winning two out like, of four. Like, see, is that what you wanted? Like, well, no. <laughs> right. Guys, I appreciate the effort, but that's not what, that's not what I meant. <laughs> that's not what he meant. <laughs> you need to be more specific. We thought you were disappointed when we'd win two out of three. And we didn't want to make you mad. Now, I'm not going to say that uh, Theo uh, follows me on Twitter, but I I'd like to take credit for something. Okay, please. So on Monday, as uh-huh. the Cubs were being shut out <laughs> by the Mariners for most of the game, for most of the game, I was also on Twitter getting all these updates about, oh, Wilson Contreras uh, just got a base hit. Oh, Wilson Contreras you know, just walked. And so I tweeted out, why is he rehabbing in Iowa? When we have extended rosters, and you could easily play him six innings in Chicago, right? And maybe Against the Mariners, yes, which is basically which is like a rehab assignment. Yeah. And the very next day, yeah, that's what they did, and he hit a home run. <laughs> so I'd like to take credit for it because I don't think it had dawned on Theo until he saw it on my Twitter. He's like, you know what? That's a hell of an idea, right? Call you know Wilson. What? Tell him to get on the we're bus. We're wasting our time here. Uh, very astute. I like that. Yes, very. Very astute. 
Oh, yeah, that's uh, that. Well, well, they didn't have a choice because Iowa's season ended on Monday, right? I mean, oh, I guess they made the playoffs. playoffs. Oh yeah, and you know, if, it would be funny if Wilson said, "Yeah, guys, I want to play in the playoffs," and I don't think I'm going to play in the playoffs for you guys, so I'm just going to stay in Des Moines. Right? He turned out. We tried to call Wilson up. He refused. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't. He, he didn't was like Ian back. Stewart. He was Ian Stewart. He's like, "Oh, I'm much happier in Iowa." And they're like, "Fine, you can stay there." And then they ended up outright cutting him anyway. Ian Stewart. That was who it was, right? Yeah, and all it, all that trade cost him was uh, was DJ, DJ LeMahieu. LeMahieu. <laughs> uh, that's good. That's the good stuff right there. Yeah, that's. Um, although we didn't we didn't know that DJ LeMahieu was real until like this year. No, because we thought it was all. Uh, and I'm and I'm Rocky still not con- high. right, but he's still in Yankee Stadium, which is just Rocky Mountain East, yeah. Coors East. I'm still not convinced. He could end up in the Hall of Fame, and he'll never convince me he was any good. No, I would agree with that. Yeah, he's just—he's he, not—he's like Tyler Colvin to me. <laughs> they, they're one and the same, yeah, as far as I'm concerned. He's just one bat shard to the chest. <laughs> yes, away from being Tyler Colvin. That's well, we, we root for a franchise where you can literally say, "Hey, remember that time Wellington Castillo almost killed Tyler Colvin?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's what we do. We make a, we, we we can't do anything else. I still remember the video of that. He's like rubbing his, he's, you know, he, I believe he scored on that. He did in, score. In Florida. Yeah. I remember it was in Florida. Well, the last weekend of the season, he's, right? He's walking back to the dugout, rubbing his chest. And, and there's then, like a two-inch hole Right, in and then at some point, one of the trainers had to go, holy shit, do you have the bat stuck in your chest? Or it'd be funny if they're just like, look around, where's the bat? Does anybody <laughs> know where the bat is? Or, but even better, if the Marlins had said, we want to check the bat. We think it was corked. Could right. You, could a, you yank it out of Tyler Colvin's chest? <laughs> They're like, you know what? We'll just x-ray the chest and the bat at the same time. <laughs> Come on in, Tyler. Yeah, that's uh, that's an extremely weird story. Was that 2009 or 2010? No, those, all those years literally just blurred together. <laughs> yeah. The end of the Pinella era is just one thing. Yeah, like was, that, was that before or after Lou decided to go spend quality time with his mom. <laughs> right. Guys, Please I don't know what to tell you. I think mom's going to die. I'm going home. She lives eight more years. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I've had enough of watching this. And I didn't blame him. I had enough of watching it, too. And that's how we got the year of Mike Quaddy because he let all the players get drunk. Because <laughs> oh. they said one of the reasons they like Quaddy is he would tell guys ahead of time if they, could have, if they were getting the day off. Which Lou never did. Yeah. So they knew they get the day off, they go out and get drunk because they weren't going to play the next day. That is always the sign of a winning team. <laughs> yes, that's. Which is ironic because one of the things Theo made Joe change this year was instead of texting everybody the lineup the night before, he's has to post like three days and three days in advance. The lineups yes. in advance, which is just more ridiculous bullshit. But I don't. Want you know that. it's bad when they hired quite. You know it's bad when. Soriano and Dempster are the two main people pushing for his hire. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. what are the priorities here? Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, at least it's better than that. You know, I, I, I get annoyed by the, the – and it's usually an old beat writer who is responding to some fan complaining about what the Cubs are doing now. You get this with the Hawks, too. Uh, we'll just say, well, look at how much worse it used to be. <laughs> Shouldn't you just be happy? It's like, you know, you can be two things at the same time. I can appreciate that I'm no longer watching 
the Lou Pinella quit to replace my Mike Quaddy. I'm out of that era while still appreciating the fact that this Cubs team probably should be better. Yeah. I, what it does, <laughs> what it does for me is it, it, I still feel the same ridiculous. Um, I should be ashamed of this. The same like rage after a terrible loss, but it doesn't last as long. Right. I'm able I get- to go to, after a few minutes, kind of take a thought and go, I actually saw these guys win a World Series, which I never thought I was going to. And yes, this sucks, and they should be better. But I'm not going to let it ruin my. You would bad losses would ruin like weeks. In fact, I I distinctly remember there were days in the in the 2003 off season where I would be like sitting at my desk at work on some snowy day, and in this horrible wave of holy shit, the Cubs really did blow that NLCS (laughs) would come over me, and I would just be like depressed for the entire rest of the day. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. I still get that. It's like seeing Axl Rose sing these days. He still gets the notes. <laughs> he just can't do the sustain that he used to. So, like, yeah, I still get in a rage about stupid Cubs baseball. Or I get excited about good Cubs yes. baseball. But none of it lasts as long as it used to. Like, I don't – it's not – I get there and then I recede back to normal a little more quickly. Uh, that's a good way to – I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. But, yeah, I – you know, I didn't. I didn't stew over the loss of the Brewers and Rockies as long no. as I would have in 2014 yes, or 2013. That, yeah, that that animal part of your brain that overtakes you, right? Is you're able to quell it after a while, somewhat. Yeah. All right, I can become a functioning human again because well, as close as I get, right? To, I can be closer to being a functional human. Um. So yeah, this is this is kind of the 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 end game here. You get okay, so they get another chance to put the Brewers out of their misery, uh, which they should do. Although they haven't been very good at Miller Park this year, but now would be the time to change it. See, now they're just a good road team. They can't play at home now, but they're a good road team. Yeah, four in a row because they won their last two series. Yep. So, um, and then then they've lost their last two series at home, or they went they've had mediocre home stands. So clearly, yeah. this trip to the Milwaukee and San Diego is exactly what they need, right? I think the key, obviously, is uh, to make the poor equipment guys pack the home jerseys yep. and hang them in the locker. That's the last thing they need is to lug another fucking four bags of shit somewhere. <laughs> but just to, you know, <laughs> just to be cute. And, uh, you know, sometimes those guys have to look at each other like, really? This is what we're doing? Could you just, can't you just bring the monkeys back? They were right. more fun than this. The magician? Bring the really, magician back. You really wonder why he didn't, just for old time's sake. Maybe he will. Maybe there's one last locker room stunt, especially with, you know, Joe is, he's not as self-aware as he thinks he is, but he's somewhat self-aware. Um, um, at some yeah. point is going to go, you know what? This jig is probably up. It's time to, you know, empty the old trick bag one last time. And it, maybe a stripper, a male stripper. <laughs> That's what he gets this time. I don't know. Joe Madden is that rare combination. He's probably got a, more to the extremes than anyone I've seen who takes himself way too seriously and not seriously at all at the same time. Yep. Like he's a silly guy. He can laugh at himself for sure, but he also thinks he's like reinvented the wheel here. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he believes his own bullshit. Absolutely. Which the best, but the thing is, his bullshit is he, but, but some of it's really he, good shit. He would have no reason not to because most of, for most of the time the bullshit has worked. Yeah, like 
I mean, the amount of winning teams he got in Tampa. Now they're still winning without him, so there's obviously something systemic. Yes, with Tampa, but all his teams here have been good, and he's been given a lot of good players. But like, you know, for the most part, it works. And I, I find myself these days more often than ever uh, when I'm just having friend conversation with friends, or well, if I had any friends, uh, people who are yelling at me. <laughs> I find myself defending Madden more and more now because I don't. As disappointing as this team has been, I don't know that it, that he hasn't maximized it. Yeah, no, they they wouldn't be. Three, what are they? Three games out of first, right? And two and a half oh, games up in the wild card. Eleven games over, right? Eleven, I believe so. Twelve, maybe twelve, twelve I games. I think it's a new high. Yeah, <laughs> woohoo! Um, they wouldn't be there without him. There's yeah. not another manager they could have had who would Who's have going to make the bullpen better. And and I the same way. People do. I just I constantly hear people bitch about him, and I read about him. And like I can't wait till he's gone, and right. I keep saying the same thing. Well, wait till he's gone, because you're gonna stop. You, I'm, I should take names, because you're gonna be the assholes who next May are like, oh, I should have never let Joe go. <laughs> like, right? You think? Absolutely. Well, what- now here's what, and we're getting ahead of ourselves. But what is the threshold for them? Like, if he, if they overtake the Cardinals, say they win five of the last seven games against them, they win the division, they beat the Braves, because I still think a Cubs Braves series is basically a coin toss. Yeah. And say they throw a scare into the Dodgers, six or seven games, or get past them. You know, what is the threshold when Theo and Jed can no longer let him go? When they have to say, no, we can't bring someone new in here. What, what is that? I, I don't know. I don't know there I mean, is one. I think they. The Yankees did it, right? Didn't Joe Girardi take them to game seven of the ALCS? And yep. they're like, fuck you, we're going to hire, uh, what's his face? Boone? Yep. Um, so it has been done there, but like, you know, is Aaron Boone a genius or is he just smart enough to let this massive lineup? He's not getting the way of it. I don't know. I'm going to go wait on a limb and say that he's not a genius. Okay. <laughs> Cause I always thought it was funny that the guy who said nothing interesting or no, or nothing, you know, just had no, like added nothing to the Sunday night baseball broadcast. Right. Who didn't exactly scream strategic genius was the guy that the Yankees could not wait to hire. It, di- it didn't matter what Joe Girardi did. We're hiring this genius. The I Cubs could tells- be in the same situation with a different ESPN broadcast going, this is the guy we want. Although I'm not so sure. I, I think it's less and less likely all the time that they're going to hire David Ross. No, I can't see I just it. think they want... They, I- they want the, it's Whoever it is is going to be a, a puppet. Gonna they, be, gonna... they want their Bob Melvin. Yeah. They want the guy who manages the team exactly the way they see it. Now, it's not Bob Melvin is not a puppet. Like he, he's a good man. He's obviously a very good manager, but he sees the game the same way Billy Bean does. Yes. So they don't have to have this clash over how the teams run. That's what they want. I think they will if they if they do let Madden walk. They will go to the recently retired player route that everyone seems to want to go to. But I don't I don't think it's going to be David Ross. I mean, you can't. He's everyone's buddy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, if you're like, trying to change if if you've decided that the culture in the clubhouse needs a jolt. Right. You can't go to their old best friend and say, right. "All right, stir it up," cuz he's not going to do that. No. Uh I I have a feeling David Ross might be the next Dusty Baker. Like, he's going to be wearing the wristbands. 
and he's going to be well, hanging be, out in no, the clubhouse. He'll be. You'll look in the dugout, and he has the entire catcher's gear on. Yeah, he's managing <laughs> with the with all the gear on, including the helmet and the mask, and he's standing he in the corner of the dugout. And they're like, right. uh, "Dave, <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't really need to wear all that." But he's like, "I don't know how to think without it. <laughs> I can't I can't function without it." Ugh. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I, I guess we're. Yeah, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's, there's all kinds of highs and lows left before we get to that. Yeah, and I can't, I can't seem to get a read on whether the players have tuned out Joe. At times, it feels like they have. At times, it feels like they're sick of it. But you know this, and they do make more mistakes this year that it feels like they're just not tuned in at times, which speaks to him. But they also don't seem like they're all that close to a full out revolt. No, and like you you know when a team has absolutely quit on its manager, it's the Mets right now, but they're not there yet. Yeah, I think it goes back to the thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago that for a lot of these guys, he's all they know. He's all they know. They don't. I think they. I think on some level, they they know that they've got it pretty good. That he's a good well, manager. They've got it pretty good, but they don't. Well, you're. That's you're why. Too- that's why, like you said, Rizzo needs to just remind them over and over again what it was like <laughs> to play for Dale's fame. Right. I just was saying, <laughs> your team captain, your unquestioned leader, knows what an idiot manager looks like. Right. He's like, guys, guys, let me t- pull up a chair. I've got a few <laughs> stories I want to tell you, and they're just like, holy shit. Maybe he does, and it lasts for like two days, and they win those games. Like maybe he did it right before the Mariners series. Right. And he scared them straight, and they're like, oh. But then an off day today, and by tomorrow they've forgotten again. Right. I wonder if they, well, it would probably be too hard and they're actually competitive, but I'm sort of curious if they wouldn't try and poach Lavulo Lavulo out of Arizona. Because he's a Boston guy. Yeah, he's a guy they would have. He's the guy they would have hired if Madden hadn't become available. I think he was going to be the Ricky replacement. It probably would have been a year later. Right. I think all that happened when Joe, to Ricky, the only thing that happened to Ricky when, when Joe unexpectedly showed up on the market was Jed unexpectedly showed up on his doorstep one year early. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that was an inevitable trip. It just happened a year earlier than it was supposed to. Well, maybe then the White Sox are going to hire Lavolo and uh, they can replace and then it'll be Rick Hahn showing up on Ricky's door. And that'll hey, be Ricky. The, and then, you know, the key to any successful Chicago baseball rebuild is the day you fire Ricky. <laughs> well, you have to hire him in the first place because he does Seem to create a pretty nice environment for young players. Yes, he's. And then when you really want to play games that matter, you have to get rid of him <laughs> because you can't have bunting. Although, as we found out the Cubs this week, they can have bunting. Oh, oh, oh. I, 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 I. So are I think we're done with Jason Hayward leadoff man now? Didn't he wait? No, Ben. Well, Zobris let off yesterday, right? Yes. But he's only going to play like twice a week. I know, but didn't it, didn't putting him down in the order say we're going to just going to put some other slappy at the top? Slappy. I hope. I hope. I don't. Okay, because it doesn't. The... I get newsflash. It doesn't work. No, it hasn't. And if you can say, well, they haven't had anybody that worked. Well, that doesn't mean you stop trying somebody else. Right. Well, I. Well, there's a lot of things I obviously don't understand about being a major league player. It's why I'm not one. That and the talent. But at the end of the day, I can't fathom why where you bat in the lineup should really matter that much. The idea is always the same. Is that you go up there and you're trying to get have a good at bat. 
Now, I guess I will allow a little bit that if you're hitting leadoff, you don't get to see anybody face this guy. Yeah, but, but Jason Hayward's been in the league. Jason Hayward's been in the league ten years. Yeah. There aren't too many pitchers he hasn't seen. Well, I think this week there was kind of a a convergence of two things I got very tired, two arguments I got very tired of hearing. Uh, there's um, only two, and they both tie in uh, in a strange way to um, one Cub Hall of Fame hair replacement pitchman. <laughs> and they are the two arguments were first with Hayward, um, you <clears throat> the whole idea that uh, he he doesn't like to bat lead off. So that's why he's not good at it. And it's like, I don't think that's why he wasn't good at it. Right. He wasn't good I, at it because he's just not really that good of a hitter. And he was no, having he a good year. And I think it was a, a, a poorly timed combination of he was going to regress a little bit. And it was going to be magnified because he was supposed to save the leadoff spot. Right. So there's that argument. Then there was the argument about the very tired the very the tired argument about, about Ben Zobrist, which was, you know, Half half the marriages in America end in divorce, and I couldn't take four months off if I was having a divorce. So I tied both of those into Ryan Sandberg because <laughs> he was a guy who shouldn't have been batting second his entire career. He should have been batting third, but he didn't like it, and he wanted to bat second, and he basically made every manager ever managed him bat him second. Even when he came back from retirement, yeah. which cost the Cubs Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio, yes. <laughs> so. Oh, yes. I'm back. What? Really? We got really? someone better. Do you, <laughs> do you have to be? You do you know? have to be. And then this whole, the, it wasn't a lot of people, but the people who made the ridiculous argument about Zobrist not, shouldn't be able to just leave the team. And my whole argument back to that was the guy made $86 million in his career so far. He can do it. Yeah, he can, <laughs> it's perfectly he can fine. Reasons, yeah. He's got the money and he's, you know, he's won everything you could possibly win. He gets to do this, so shut up. Right. But we had Ryan Sandberg retire in the middle of a season for a very similar reason. So I just thought it was funny that both of those things kind of squished together this week. I also, it was, a, it was I mean, it was, <clears throat> I don't even want to say it was interesting, but you knew that his first at bat, two things were going to happen. You were going to get the standing ovation from the fans, which he absolutely deserved. He's the only World Series MVP in Cubs history. Yes. He is, by all accounts, a – and we don't know these people. That's the one thing we know about athletes. We don't really know them. We think we do. But everybody just says he's the nicest guy ever, and he certainly seems like the nicest guy. So that was fine. But then we were going to know who's had dealings with him says he's just an absolute delight. Yes. And they were also going to have the analysis of whatever his walk-up music was. <laughs> what was it? He used his ex-wife's version of Benny and the Jets, oh, God. which just proves that he is he's a far bigger man than any of us would have been. I would have picked Sail On by the Commodores. Or he's completely <laughs> under her thumb. That's true. I mean, we can, we actually, can also jump to the conclusion that like this woman stepped out on him, which I believe is the rumor. Yes, and I've, heard, and I've heard a rumor from two different places about who it was with, and I laughed in those people's faces both times. I'm not going to repeat it. I'm not going to dignify it. But it was a teammate who I guarantee you couldn't couldn't stand being in a car with her for four seconds. Okay. So I'm like, I, I guys, I got to tell you, I know that's not true. So let's not worry about that. Your rumor, then is, she, your rumor is bullshit. So they get a divorce, then she realizes it's a cold, cold world out there. So she's good because he says like, 
oh, I'm hoping we can still reconcile or whatever. So she wants, she, she's hinting at coming back. He's like, whenever, whatever you want, honey, take all the time you need. I'll be here while she goes and does God knows what. And that's why he's still using the music. I don't care. I think he's using know. the music because I think she's got a good lawyer and and she she technically won the walk up music in the divorce and he has to use it. He has to use it. Yes. Does she get she would get royalties, right? Like don't don't they have someone pass to pay for every time they play that? That's a good question. Cuz you know it depends on how how many seconds of it get played. Right. I mean I don't know how that works. Maybe that's only for radio. It's too stations. bad we don't have a lawyer on this podcast. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. But he's just but never he's, on it. He's never on it. Suspended for drugs yeah, or lack thereof. So we'll make a list of things we need to ask Mike when he comes back in uh, March, twenty twenty one. Um, yeah. Well, I don't, I am glad he did something last night, but I I've come to the opinion that Ben Zobris returning as as badly as I would like it to be more is going to be no better. Than the throw it to the wall uh, <laughs> attempts of Robel Garcia <laughs> or Ian Happ or Tony Kemp, I mean, it's just not you. Just you're not going to get front line production from a guy who took the four months of the season off, uh, who's 38. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, he'll probably have a couple big hits here and there, but uh, I I would just not count on it. Uh, I would not start Addison Russell ever again, honestly. I, I I feel like if there's one thing I'll get on Joe's case for, it's that he, of late, he's tended to overreact to stuff because, like, they had the meltdown in Philadelphia, and two of those balls were balls that were past Ian, not errors, but due to his limited range and skill at second, they, they were hit. And Addison probably gets them. And I don't think Hap has started at second since, maybe once. And this was like, you know, just a week yeah. after they said, we're going to give the job to Hap and see if he – now, I don't know if Ian Hap's ever going to hit. I tend to doubt it. But at least I know there's a threat yes. that he might Well, hit. and it's the whole thing of it. If that's what you're concerned about, how does it make any sense to start the defensive replacement and then take him out? Right. How about if you're worried that Hap's not going to be able to make a big play late in the game, that – you bat it. He gets to play the early part of the game. Hopefully, right. you get a lead. Then you take him out, because I I like Tony Kemp when he's doing anything except batting. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's I, fine. He's not. He's not great at anything, but he's good at. He's he's above average at. You know, he's a he's a he's a above average defender at second and in the outfield. So that's fine. He's fast. That's fine. He's he actually fast. seems to know, you know, where the bases are, and he runs to them. That's a, that's a good skill for anybody <laughs> fast hand. I was not 100% sure that Terrence Gore had all of that clear. Terrence, Terrence Gore didn't even know how to hold a bat, much less. Well, until until the one time that he just you just tell him, do not swing. Right. And he swings at ball four and the Cubs season ends. <sighs> Best not to go The other thing it. about, well, now, that we're, now that I brought up Terrence Gore, the one thing that I was always amazed at with him was how late he could slide into the bag and still hold it. It always looked like he was <laughs> going to snap his leg in half 
And it's an incredible advantage for somebody already that fast to to only have to slide like the last foot and a half into the bag. <laughs> right. But I also wonder if he just never remembered where the base was. And at the right. last second, holy shit, there it is. <laughs> it came as a surprise to him every time. <laughs> well, who's, who keeps moving that thing? Uh, no, Terrence, it's always there. It's always been there. Uh, oh, God. Terrence Gore. I did enjoy the... Um, you know, so the Mariners were the next team in this long line of teams who'd figured out how you're going to steal bases against John Lester. Right. You're just going to get there and you're going to take a huge lead because he's not going to throw over and you're going to take off. And so Malik Smith gets on. He takes the huge lead. John doesn't throw over. And on the first pitch, Malik is leaning back towards the base again, which always amazes me that base runners do that. Then on the next pitch, he takes off, and he gets doubled off by the right fielder to the pitcher. <laughs> it's like, you know what, guys? Just play normally. Right. Take advantage of the fact that he's not going to throw over instead of constantly screwing yourself up by, look, I'll stand yeah. right over here. It's like whenever there's a run on first to John Lester, it's like they think they're on some prank show. <laughs> like they, they get out there, they take this hugely, and they just keep looking around like, okay, what am I missing? Yeah. It's like, wait, I. How can there's I a, possibly be standing halfway? Right. There's a trap door. <laughs> Someone's gonna run out here and pull my pants down. A rock's gonna drop on my head. Like you can see them, like looking around, like, what is wrong here? I miss they the just old. Can't, they just can't do it. I miss the old the Mike Matheny Cardinal strategy of just bunning a lot and having. David Ross throw you out at first repeatedly. Yes. <laughs> We're going to bunt again. Oh, shit. Why does he keep getting that? It's like, because we know you're bunting. Right. He's basically <laughs> running in front of home plate before the ball gets to home right. plate. Rizzo and Brian are shaking the batter's <laughs> hand. And it's like, uh, I think we got this. There are a lot of things I miss about Mike Matheny. And mostly because, obviously, Mike Schilt is a strategic genius because of what he, the way he's got the Cardinals playing. <laughs> I, yeah. I especially sure like, I have a lot of confidence in a manager who every time they show him in the dugout, looks like he just wet his pants and is just going to sit there and hope nobody notices. Yeah, That's I much the prefer... look Mike Schilt always has on his face, which is, I, I, guys, I can't stand I, up. The look, though, which is when they, sh- when they show Joe in the dugout, you get the, he might be drunk look. <laughs> you know, because he's, like, he's got this guy that got that blank stare, mouth agape. Well, and he's always like. got he's always got his he has his own Gatorade cup that he always sits on top <laughs> right. of that, and so you know that's full of wine. There's no Gatorade in that thing, and so yeah, by the seventh inning, you know, especially of a of a if the game starts rough, I mean Joe's you know four Gatorade cups, you know, <laughs> right. <in. laughs> um, when he goes full Panella and he does the. He goes out to ch- to take the pitcher out and almost gets all the way to third base before he finally starts to turn to the right. And then we'll know that he's in the. Well, Pinella had like a full functioning bar in the dugout. I mean, he had like he was. Well, they show him yelling at the home plate ump, and he was like mixing a martini. Yeah, well, no, like, you'd look there, and he, and Matt Sinatra would be in the back of the dugout with the shaker, <laughs> and he'd right. see the camera and have to like bend over, like shit. I think they saw me. <laughs> Because uh, that was the another, only reason Matt Sinatra was around. Just another famous chapter in Cubs lore, our drunk managers. <laughs> I mean, most baseball managers are drunk. I think you'd have so, to be to do that job. <laughs> yeah, they're not as drunk as basketball coaches. Like, NBA coaches are drunk all the time. Um, but, I think another thing, that, as, as I veer wildly back to a previous topic, 
I think another thing that, that I think one of the things Theo is going to miss about Joe that he doesn't realize it yet is that, like, because I was thinking about this, people were, as Hayward continued to lead off, people were bitching, why is Joe leaving him lead off? Why is Joe still having him lead off? And I'm, I'm like, this has gone on too long for it not to be a mutual decision to leave him there. Right. Because if, if this was just Joe, it would have ended. Because Theo would have said, all right, we're not doing this anymore. So he gets he skates on all that stuff right now. Well, then next yeah. year when he has Stooge number one in the dugout, all of a sudden that becomes, why is Theo letting this guy still lead off? Right. Because once Joe's gone, the assumption is going to be the guys up in the box are actually managing the team. So. Yeah, and, and Joe takes a lot of bullets for his players. I mean, you never I, – I maybe can count one or two times in the five years he's been here where he's talked badly about any of his players in the press. Now, he might talk badly about them as a group. Yes. We say, you know, we have to take better bats. We have to start going the other way. We got that, That's fine. But you never, he never airs anyone out in the press. No. Even did. when they've deserved it. The closest um, he came this year was that. It was the Addison Russell game where Addison right. just couldn't remember what base he was on. <laughs> he didn't know what he was threw doing. Threw the ball into the dugout and didn't seem right. to give a shit. Almost well, got Rizzo no, killed at a ground no ball. For airing out Addison Russell in the press. Like, no one's going to come to his defense. No. You get to pick on the wife beater. <laughs> right. Absolutely. There's not a lot of risk there. Especially when the wife beater has already admitted he doesn't really know how yeah. to play baseball. You know, one of these days, I'm going to have to. I really should make an effort to remember the signs. He Yes, maybe you should, Addison. <sighs> like I mean, I know baseball players are classically dumb on the for the most part, but like he takes it to another level. Like he's like he's like Florida dumb. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, and, and I know I know that's where he's from, so it's not surprising that he's Florida dumb, but like that's just a whole level of stupid. I can't I'm surprised, like he doesn't go out there and like do the Florida Gator Chomp thing. Like, I, um, or he's from South Florida, right? So maybe it's Miami for him. I don't yeah, know. But. Well, it's and that's dumb baseball players. Is that's gone on as long as it have been baseball players? And one of yes. one of the many jokes Bob Brenly beats into the ground relentlessly is the "Don't think you only hurt the ball club." But the reason he beats that in the ground is that gets said, and people mean it, like four times a day in every baseball game all over the country. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So that's just a reflex. Bad for the ball club. <laughs> I mean, that could also apply to a lot of Cubs fans. Don't that, think. Yeah, that's without a doubt. Um, not to disparage you, dear listener. That's not That's not you, of course. No, it's not, not that people listen to this podcast. No, it's the absolutely ones who listen not. To all the other ones. These are the, the people, people who listen. These are the creme de la creme. The, <laughs> these are the deep thinkers. The people who listen to this podcast are dumb for other reasons, but they're they're not baseball dumb. Yeah. They've made it forty six minutes into this podcast. Clearly, oh my god, they are smart. Well, maybe we shouldn't torture them anymore. No, so the Cubs are off on a weird road trip. Yes, Milwaukee to San Diego and then home. Are they both four-game series? They are. Yeah, that's that's weird, plus the fact that some travel agent thought he always flies through Milwaukee to get to San Diego. <laughs> right. Isn't that how it works? Now, this ha- on paper, this is, uh, but, you know, this is our big problem. On paper, this is a good road trip for the Cubs because the first four games aren't really road games. 
because right. they're in the dome away from home up there where it'll be, especially with the Brewers, you know, bad. Yes. That there will be, it'll be a preponderance of Cubs fans. Well, also the Brewers fans cannot afford to drive down here for the Bears game tomorrow and then go to a Brewers game this weekend. There's no way that they could sell enough cheese curds to afford that in one weekend. So anyone who, you know, that, that's going to dent their, um, and plus they'll be so, so dispirited after the Bears win by 20, 28 tomorrow that well, they're not going to leave the house. No, they'll, I mean, I would guess we're going to hear them booing the Packers during the Cub game. Right, <laughs> exactly. So you've got those four, which you ought to win three of. Then you head yeah, off to San Diego. You're going all three this weekend, though. Well, that's true. We got that other system. Mm-hmm. Then you head out west to play the, a bad Padres team without their best player. Yes. And that never ends well for the Cubs. They have they've they made a fucking mess well of every San Diego road trip since October of 1984. <laughs> and I don't even think I'm. There have been some horrible things I, that have happened in that in that stadium to the Cubs. Yeah, I don't, in, I don't when, think Even when the Padres were horrible, bad things would happen in there. The one good thing I can remember ever having in San Diego for the Cubs was Gary Gaetti hitting a game-winning home run off Trevor Hoffman. It's the only thing I, I ever remember. I remember that. Yeah, that's about it. I think that's it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a road trip you should go 6-2 and two on, but they won't. They just they just won't. Um, and they'll do it in some infuriating fashion. They'll get they'll score like one run against the Padres in two straight games. Although the Padres have some pitchers, that wouldn't be as unacceptable as it was against the Brewers, but it'd still be bad. Yeah. Well, um, I, we know the script for the Brewers series. They yeah. win tomorrow's game like twelve to nothing. Right. And then they don't score again until Sunday. Right. And they blow they 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 blow a lead late. It'll be like two one on Saturday night, uh, and they'll give up both runs in the eighth when Derek Holland can't find the plate or something. Yeah, so glad to see that he's back. You know, I I thought he was all right as a loogie before he got hurt. He had the one bad outing, but that's because they made him face right-handed batters, which shouldn't happen. Yeah, and he gave up the a Harper Grand Slam on a pitch that you shouldn't be able to hit for Grand Slam. Right. But he's Bryce Harper, and that's why that right. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, he has and, not – He Derek hasn't been bad for the Cubs. He's annoying. Still. He's annoying and he's dumb. But he hasn't been bad. But now we've got this other wick. So right. what if we got wick two? <laughs> we got we got we got the enlarged wick. And then if we get a third guy, is that wick parabellum? Is that when we get is that would that be the third <laughs> yes. wick? Um, um So we got this enormous lefty now who you know Yeah, but he looks like he might have some stuff. Well that was the whole idea that the Cubs actually that that they got both wicks from the Padres. And in both cases, they immediately change the way they throw their curveballs, and they both have plus curveballs now. So well, maybe why that's... they do that with Carl Edwards? Well, but see that where did they send Carl? To, to the Padres. So when they get him back, they change his curveball grip, and he's an all-star reliever. This is yeah. all Theo's plan finally coming to fruition. Brilliant plan. Yeah, you know, see, they are developing pitchers; they're just not developing their own. <laughs> they're developing other people's. <laughs> right. Which, as long as you develop them, it all works out. Well, and they're foisting them on a play. You know, Dylan Cease hasn't exactly had a, a glittering Major League debut so far. So, Well, that's the uh, White Sox fault. If you trade for a Cub pitching prospect, you get that's what on you. For. Yes. Yeah. So, so they, got yeah, a, well, they got a 21-year-old DH and a, and a Cub pitching prospect. <laughs> well, yeah, he's 24, isn't he? <laughs> but, yeah. 
27, whatever he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a road trip. It should go if they do go six and two on it, I think they'll probably be back in first place by the end of it. Because like this Cardinals thing is going to peter out. Like this is not who they are. They're not gonna finish the season on this eighteen and four pace or whatever they've been. It's you know, the, so the two hottest teams in the National League are the Nationals and the Cardinals. Yeah. But the Nationals teams, have been doing it for like a few months yes. now. But both teams who are going to head into the postseason with all this buzz and just be, lay a big wet fart because the Cardinals aren't good and this is what the Nationals do. <laughs> they get their okay, fan, you know, they get their fan you know, base all excited and then it's like, oh, that's right. You this know what's going to be annoying is that when the Nationals get in the wild card game, uh, and they probably will win it because they're going to play it at home with Scherzer on the mound. People will say, oh, the Nationals have won their first ever playoff series. Yeah. It's like, no, they haven't. You won a game. You won one game. And I got into an argument with some True Blood or someone, someone who's cantankerous online. about Someone had written that the Cubs might be on their second straight year of the playoffs. We might talk about this last week. That was week. True Blood, yep. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I tend to agree with that. Like to me, you know, the wild card game that's like half the playoff. That's like half a playoff first. You know, you're not you're not in it till you're in it. Yeah. And I, my disagreement so, with it was only that they had the best record in the National League on the last day of the season. Right. And it was just an accident of geography that they had to play in the wild card game. Had they been in either of the other divisions, they just they're the number one seed because the yeah. Brewers wouldn't have gotten the extra game um, to get the extra win. And so, yeah, but it, by definition, see, I, I, so I'm going to split the baby in half. Okay. They made the playoffs, but yes, you can't win a wild card game and say you won a series because one game is not a series. It's a game. game it's a game. You want a playoff round. The, the NFL is not a, is not a weekly series to get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Not it's yet, anyway. Game, so you don't call it a series. That's true. Until the new. All right, just we're going to play. We're going to play on they, what, what Sunday, Tuesday, it. and Thursday. That's Watch games. what they do when they get rid of the preseason. You just watch. It'll be like home and home aggregate, like soccer for the playoffs. Um, all right, then. I guess that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all I've got. So. Um... I have to go record my other podcast, people. I have another podcast, a Bears preview, coming out tomorrow on uh, on Faxes from Uncle Dale, live from the Five Hole, if you want to look it up. And that's uh, my self-promotion for the night. Yeah, so uh, my Bear podcast uh, is on... If, Which will be regular. This is one off for me, but you have a regular one. Yes, we have a regular one. It's a weekly one. We did our season preview last week, so you can download that and let's do it. It's very exciting. Look at all the podcasts we have for people. I know. We are not doing one tonight because the Bears play tomorrow, and that seems stupid to preview it twice. Right. So we will we will be back to doing it next Wednesday, and we'll talk about the Packer game, and we will look ahead to um, week two, which is Vic Fangio and the Broncos. Yeah, it's always good to talk about a game that happened a week previous, like you will be doing next week, but uh, I wish you luck. Um, and then, uh, oh, I don't know that I can be here next week. I will be in Denver. Uh, for said Bears Broncos wow. tilt, so um, we'll we'll uh, run that kitten over when we get to it. Yep. All right. All right, uh, Andy. Enjoy your Always podcast, and we'll talk to you later.